0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Petrop here with the only two twins that are taking the off-season and making it the on-season. Jason Petrop and Mustafa Petrop. What's up, guys?
1: Hey, I'm see, on. This kid, Tim, just keeps calling me Mustafa. <laughs> I don't, what's Mustafa, we, Tim? I...
0: We, 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 we call, me and Jason have been calling you Mustafa for the last half hour to see if you
1: noticed. No, obviously, I I noticed you called me Mustafel. I didn't remember Jason calling me Mustafel. I was calling you Mustaf, like mustache.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Well, uh, that should be a little indication of the on-season and what we have in store for you. Let's get right into this program. Uh, We have some Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson news to talk about, and we are going to be diving into some Dynasty uh, 10 guys. That we would either buy or sell in our Dynasty League. Right now, Broto Fantasy Football Podcast begins now. Welcome back <laughs> to the Broto Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop.
1: Tim, why were you cracking up during the intro? I'm a little confused <laughs> as, as to what happened. You farted. didn't hear the loudest fart he's ever had in his life. I wow! I, I thought that was the chair, dude.
0: <laughs> I wanted to. I thought out. you.
1: I thought you almost fell out of your chair or something.
0: No, that was like, wow, That was a. Like, I had broccoli. I mean, I had a cauliflower tonight. It might be a long night. So, as you could already tell, we are coming in hot today
1: on the Fantasy
0: Podcast. But before we get started, we want to remind you that at patreoncom broto fantasy, you can access extra perks all year long and be part of the broto community. It is going down. patreoncom broto fantasy to join the community. And I just want to say,
1: we have, going we have. It's
0: Shut up. <laughs> we have big things coming giant things and right now the only people that know about it are the patrons they are actually going to be the first people to um to know about be, it <laughs> be exposed to the new uh innovation that is coming out uh from brodo fantasy football and the Broto fantasy football podcast shout out to our guy santiago casanova the newest member of Broto has been helping us out tremendously behind the scenes and also the patrons if you are a patron thank you so much for your support we are putting your dollars to good use uh we promise you that and if you would like to support the show because we would like this to be our um full-time every day all all around about you if you've been listening to the show you've been winning with us period um that's what you've been doing and imagine if this was our actual 100% jobs. We would maybe never get anything wrong ever again. So help us make that dream a reality. Patreon.com slash is where to do that. Patreon.com slash again, is where you can support the show. All right. So with that being said, today was a wild day in terms of speculation about quarterbacks. Uh, first, it was Deshaun Watson. And Deshaun Watson mixed reports all around. Uh, Earlier today, there was a report that Deshaun Watson went into his head coach's office and said that he has no interest, absolutely none interest in playing for the Texans ever again. But at the same time, reports are saying that the Texans are not taking calls for Deshaun Watson to the point where Tom Pellicero of NFL Network says that teams are leaving the Texans voicemails and callback messages for Deshaun Watson, it's getting to that point. And the latest news that just broke a little while ago, according to Ian Rappaport, is no one actually believes, and then he says, no one believes, in quotes, that Deshaun Watson will be traded. According to the, the news blurb, uh, sources that are knee-deep, in quotes, in a situation uh, feel that the Texans will not trade Deshaun Watson. They feel the Texans do not view the start of free agency or the draft as a deadline And that this drama will play out for a very, very long time, according to Ian Rappaport, who not only is an insider, but a lot of people don't know this. I went to journalism school, right? Um, You know, when you get news from NFL.com, you have to understand that the parent company of NFL.com is the NFL. So when a guy like Ian Rappaport reports something like this, um, he's not only getting the information because he's a great reporter, he's getting the information because his media company is what he's reporting on. Now is that uh, technically journalistically ethical? Um, no, but that's where you can get some pretty good uh, information. So, I mean, what are your guys' what's your guys' reaction to this Deshaun Watson news? The, the second uh, most important quarterback news of the day in terms of trade rumors, if you could believe it. What is your reaction to Deshaun Watson?
1: I think that if Deshaun Watson is serious about potentially sitting out, then the Texans are just becoming bigger fools each and every day. Explain. They've already traded away their star wide receiver. They already traded that star wide receiver for David Johnson. Come on. Like they, they dealt with Bill O'Brien for way too long. And if they're going to let Deshaun Watson go without getting anything in return, that is ridiculous. Because at this point in his career, why not sit out if you're Deshaun Watson? You know, you're going to get paid no matter what. You might as well take a vacation and, in the middle of your career if you really hate the Texans and don't want to play for them. So, like, if Deshaun Watson's really going to sit out and the Texans just aren't trading him out of principle, then they're just becoming a worse and worse franchise every single day.
0: We did see this play out in in the not-too-recent history, but also not so far in the past that you can't remember it. Carson Palmer was, had enough with the Cincinnati Bengals franchise, and he decided that he was going to retire rather than play for them again. Um, But they still had his rights, so he literally just sat out the season. And then luckily for them, Andy Dalton ended up being all right, and they ended up trading Carson Palmer to the Raiders. He ended up spending a, a year with the Raiders before going to the Cardinals and resurrecting his career. But that happened, and we saw it happen from a guy who got paid similar to how Watson is getting paid. I agree with you, Jason, especially the way Watson plays. This will only extend his career, really. like Quarterbacks play until they're 40. You know, and with Tom Brady, if you follow the TB12 diet and drink two glasses of water every day and only eat like peanuts, you'll you'll play until you're forty-five.
1: Two glasses so, of water a day, two gallons?
0: Uh, you? Oh no, no, two glasses in the morning, as soon as he wakes up, two glasses down the drain. I gotta tell you, it's a great way to wake up. If you're if you're addicted to coffee and you can't function without coffee and you're trying to kick coffee, have water ready. But don't leave it open because you get the free radicals in there. Have a bottle of water ready, and as soon as you wake up, chug that bitch. And I guarantee you that you're gonna be a lot more energized. But anyway, I can't. Uh, I can't do that. There. I
1: can't drink a lot of water right when I wake up. Just, I'm the same it way. Just doesn't. I just can't do it. It's not for me.
0: I I'm the same way. But like the the week or two that I forced myself to do it, I noticed that I had so much more energy in the morning. Um, but anyway, Michael, what's your what's your takeaway from the Deshaun Watson
1: news. My takeaway is that it's what February 24th today. So it's not even February 25th actually. It's uh, not you know, even 25th, you bitch. It's not even March and we've already had like seven different Deshaun Watson trade rumors. He put the Jets first. You know Deshaun Watson said he doesn't want to go to the Jets. He said he'll go to the Dolphins. Deshaun Watson's not being traded. Man, this is just going to keep going on for months and months. I I mean, it's whatever to me. If I'm the Texans, honestly, I don't see why... Like, if Deshaun Watson doesn't want to be there, they're obviously not set up to win now. I'm not one to trade a QB that could... Like, one of the top 10 QBs in the league. I'm not one to do that. But the Texans are in such a horrible spot that trading Watson for, like, multiple first-round picks might actually make sense for them. Because they do not have a team. Or the cap space or the draft picks, to compete anytime soon, even with Deshaun Watson. So I feel like it would probably be in the best interest of both teams to just make something happen. Particularly if they
0: get a top-four pick. Like If they get a top-four pick, they're guaranteed to come away with at least a young quarterback in the mix.
1: I did just want to stress how sad I am a little bit about my Brandon Cooks share in our Broto-Dynasty league. I got him kind of late. I really like that deal. And then now it's just looking like Brandon Cooks isn't going to... I mean, if Deshaun Watson doesn't play, then Who's his quarterback Brandon yeah. Cooks? We've never seen Brandon Cooks play with a bad quarterback. Basically Ever. Like, the it's worst quarterbacks like ever Famers. played with is Jared Goff and then besides that it's all Hall of Famers in
0: Jared Goff's best season
1: Yeah, I mean calling yeah. Deshaun Watson a Hall of Famer is a bit uh, <laughs> A bit of a stretch at this point, but he's on the path if, point if, taken. He,
0: if he if he continues his path, I think you got to remember that the NFL Hall of Fame is is way easier to get into than the baseball. Man, all
1: Tarkenton. All the Hall of Fames are just becoming way easier to get into and it's pissing me off.
0: I I, I disagree. Like it's not no, the it's,
1: it. it's not the Hall of very good. It's the Hall of Fame. If you were an absolute star, yeah, get in. If you were just very good, people will remember you, but you don't just get to be in the Hall of Fame because you were a good player. It's cuz people are pricks. Everyone thinks that today's game Every year is the best game that we've ever had. Uh, Football has just only gotten better. And the people in 1991 would never compete in 2021. And now people who, so if someone's a star today, they have to be a Hall of Famer. That's just how it goes. I don't know what either of you
0: were talking about. about. I'm about the more the merrier. Like once you're in the Hall of Fame, then you could, you know, separate them. Like some of them could, you know, they're one of the busts. Could be like this guy was amazing. Another bust could say his like stats. Like just because they're in the Hall of Fame doesn't mean like, like, if you die and go to heaven, you're like, you're not gonna be an angel. There's angels in heaven. You know what I mean? Like there's different categories,
1: dude. What you get
0: past the gates,
1: dude, And there Yo, should be like, different
0: categories when you get past the gates. But That's someone like
1: saying. someone like Eli Manning is going to be a Hall of Famer. There's nothing really besides beating Tom Brady twice that says he should be a Hall of Famer. Two Super Bowls, bro. Is
0: is it called... Michael, give me a second. Is it called the Hall of Amazing Players or is it called the Hall of Fame?
1: The Hall of Fame. Is there
0: there anyone more famous than Eli Manning for those plays? Tom Brady. (laughs) Okay. No, for
1: the plays, though. Plexiglas. No. David Tyree.
0: He is the most, like... Super Bowl lorry ass quarterback. But like, ever. I'm also,
1: I'm also just like kind of playing devil's advocate here because I kind of do think Eli Manning should be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I think Philip Rivers should be in the Hall of Fame too. Like Philip Rivers is another one. He's basically, but he was a and better quarterback. He was arguably a better quarterback than Eli Manning.
0: There's no reason why, if your argument is it's not the Hall very good, your argument is that there's no reason why you think. Uh, no, Mr. I don't Popper. think.
1: I don't think Philip Rivers. Should get in even if he's that like I love Philip Rivers, but I don't think he should get in. I if Eli Manning gets in, I wouldn't be upset just because he does have two Super Bowl rings. I I do think that has to be considered.
0: One guy that is basically guaranteed to get into the Hall of Fame is Russell Wilson, Seahawks quarterback. As long as his I think even at this point right now, if he retired tomorrow, he would be like
1: I can't on believe the of that Hall of Fame. how old he is.
0: Yeah, I like mean, I feel like he was
1: just drafted, and everyone was like, "What?" He was named the starter over Matt Flynn after they gave Matt Flynn the big contract. Yeah, crazy. I
0: remember, I remember a scouting that year, and that was before I was actually like on any podcasts or like had my voice to be heard. But I remember looking at the quarterbacks, and I remember seeing Russell Wilson. It was actually um, someone else that put him in front of in front of me, and and they said, if he was three inches taller, he'd be the number one pick. So I'm like. Huh. Interesting. I gotta look into this guy. And the guy's been a stud forever, and he continues to be a stud, but the Seahawks seem to be in a situation where he's getting tired. And this kind of snowballed, right? The Seahawks were twelve and four this year, but they didn't feel like a twelve and four team. Am I bugging? Like they didn't it didn't feel like twelve and four
1: well, the, in Seattle. The second half, once teams figured out their offense and fucking doo doo ass Schottenheimer literally cannot stand that man. Couldn't react to defenses changing their defense to attack their offense oh what do we do now let's just keep doing everything we've been doing and hopefully it works and then they were just so much worse and like i just i i tweet it out like every five months how much i absolutely hate the fact that russell wilson's prime has been and is being absolutely just thrown away by pete carroll and brian schottenheimer
0: and I think that Russell Wilson is kind of noticing that himself. You got to remember, he does have a famous wife, so his famous wife, I'm sure, is not very happy living in Seattle. And I know <laughs> Seattle is a great place, but there's not much like to do in terms of the entertainment industry in Seattle. You know, unless you're like starting a coffee shop or like you're starting like a uh, organic honeybee company. There's not really much to do uh, in Seattle in terms of her profession. So I'm sure that she's, you know, like, hey, get out of here. Um, well, <laughs> Russell Wilson is. According to his agent, Adam Schefter says that he has not requested a trade. But the agent did say if he were dealt, he just happened to throw that in there, he would waive his no-trade clause for four teams. The Cowboys, the Saints, the Raiders, or the Bears. Very interesting options here. How do they
1: even come up with this shit?
0: I mean, this is what Russell Wilson's agent told Adam Schefter. That's how they came up with it. I find
1: it's it's so, like, just, like, what made him say those four teams?
0: Uh, Leverage. Yeah, he wants wants his client to get traded. (laughs) Like, I think that's the, you know, the media is used as a tool a lot for athletes and their agents. Honestly,
1: I feel like if Russell Wilson was more of a prick or has, like, proven to be more of a prick throughout his years, he would have requested a trade already. I feel like he has this, I am the prized child like in the NFL everyone should be like Russell Wilson is because every every time you think of someone in the NFL as like the model citizen Russell Wilson's one of the first guys you think of I feel like that legit has to do with him not just being like I want to leave Seattle because he doesn't want that like reputation to be tarnished I obviously though the best location fantasy wise would be the Saints it would be like a combination of Drew Brees and Taysom Hill but except one person, like and Sean Payton would have his entire playbook of whatever the fuck he wants to do with Russell Wilson doing it at the highest level possible. Be so dumb. the Saints would clearly be the best option. What, what, what about
0: what about a? a it Zach would
1: Scott sign and trade.
0: Oh Jason, I was about to say it would be hard to to imagine him. Uh, not winning on the Saints, and now it's just like you're making me a little hard.
1: I do not think <laughs> Dak Prescott would uh would agree to that.
0: Why? Why not? He why can go get a long-term to to deal because they want to give him. I mean, yeah, beers. if
1: he's gonna get like some big-time quiche, I suppose so.
0: Interesting. Raiders or Bears? Um, yeah, I don't get that. I see the Raiders. Like the Raiders have a good young core, and they're building towards something in the future. Like I don't know if they're doing it correctly quite yet, but they're definitely building towards something in the correct way. And the bears so are when they can
1: a, move a on from Derek Carr. That's what right. they're building towards.
0: Right. Right. And then the, the bears are a mess. So I don't know about that. This would be the best quarterback the bears have had since. Jim. Since. Yeah. Since,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, uh, but him on the saints would be a, like, it's hard to imagine an upgrade over drew Brees. I think it's clear that if the Saints got Russell Wilson to play quarterback, that would be an automatic upgrade and put them in the driver's seat. As
1: he would be, uh, I think Russell Wilson would end up being a a top three overall quarterback off the board easily, like without a doubt, if he was on the Saints. No, I
0: would, I would take him in the middle rounds. Like, I think I would it would be
1: Mahomes, Allen, Jackson, Wilson would be the top four clearly.
0: I think, even, I think Wilson would even go over Allen in, like, home drafts where people aren't, like, as into fantasy. You know what I mean? Like, where the I names mean, mean more than the Wilson production. Wilson
1: might, might even be better than Allen, period, if he's on yeah. the Saints. Yeah, for
0: sure. It, 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 it'll be interesting. Putting Russell Wilson in a situation with, a, with an offensive mind like Sean Payton would be an absolute pleasure to watch. It would
1: be so fun. and Michael Thomas, too? Oof, booyah. Jason, booyah. Jason, you're
0: you're gonna give me you're gonna give, gonna eyes, give me a good bit of bones.
1: These All eyes right. have never seen a better offense put on the field than that. These eyes are
0: crying. Go ahead, Tim. Jason, you're fired. All right. So let's get into uh obviously we are high on Russell Wilson in Dynasty if if he gets traded to the Cowboys or Saints, because those are fantastic situations. But there are some people in Dynasty that are not as obvious on what you should do about them, including um, one of his possible teammates. So let's get into it. For those of you who don't know what dynasty uh, is, dynasty has caught uh, caught a lot of popularity in the past few years as a form of fantasy football. And it's basically like having a Madden franchise for real. Um, You keep all of your players. You have a rookie draft um, and the only thing you draft is rookies, and you keep the same players year after year upon year, and that is how uh, Dynasty works. So when we're talking about Dynasty, we're talking about long-term commitments. We're talking about someone who you're not just going to have you on your team for this year, but you're going to have on your team for the next three, four, five years. So that's what we're looking forward to. So we're going to do a buy or sell. I'm going to introduce some names, and Jason would say whether in his Dynasty League he would buy, and Michael would say it as well, Yeah, uh, he will yeah, no problem, Mustafa. He will buy this player and try to trade for him, or if he's trying to trade this player and sell this player, kind of like the stock market. And if you want to be pussies about it, you could say hold, but don't.
1: Can all I right. give a shop option?
0: That's the sell option. All right?
1: Fine. Most don't of be my a, sells will be shops.
0: Don't be a biznatch. All right? All right, so let's get into our buy or sell first player. And this is a guy that, for me... It seems obvious that this guy is either a hold or a sell-super-high kind of candidate. But the talk around Twitter the last few days, uh, it seems like everyone is suggesting that this guy is an absolute sell. And there are some people who call themselves fantasy experts who think he should be sold for peanuts. So the question I have for you guys is, number one on the list is James... Robinson, the running back from the Jaguars. Obviously, James Robinson had a great season, missed week 16, which made his season uh, a bit lackluster. But he finished as the RB seven after basically not being drafted uh, in your home drafts. Um, he came on the scene, undrafted free agent rookie. They released Leonard Fournette unexpectedly out of nowhere last year, and he took over and he had himself an absolutely fantastic year. Um, He was one of the most um, rostered players on championship rosters because that really bolstered you. If you you did not have a strong running back, all of a sudden you got an RB7 for free or late in the draft, depending on when you drafted. So James Robinson is obviously someone who made a lot of friends and made a lot of fans in his first season. Is this someone that you see as someone that you can go the distance with? Let's start with Jason. How do you feel about James Robinson, bro? By yourself
1: yeah the thing with james robinson is i'm not like a i'm not the biggest believer in him i'm not gonna lie but i just feel like his value right now is low uh where if you try to sell you're really probably not going to get much the issue i have with james robinson at the moment is a lot of what he did was volume based and he was super impressive for a udfa and he did a very good job for the jaguars but if you look at his efficiency Um, Shout out Santiago Casanova and the new stuff that we got coming He just created rushing yards over expected a statistic that basically tells you um, Based on the average running back and the average play how would this guy have fared and James Robinson Got ended the season with negative 0.07 yards per carry expected So a little less than uh, expected which is not a good sign Um, But of course he does have the volume I think the concern comes with Urban Meyer we're not really sure how he's going to run that offense, and if you look at who he brought on as offensive coordinator, Darren Bevel, 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 Foozeballs, <laughs> bevel. The bevel. Then we need to consider that, like, like Bevel has been with this with Seattle and Detroit, and both of those teams have run the ball, but they've done it in, uh, the word I'm looking for is committees, um, oh. especially in in um Detroit this season until DeAndre Swift started like really killing it. They had a committee most of the time. So if James Robinson isn't the extreme workhorse there, I'm a little concerned about his future. I'm going to say hold for now. Cause I think people are weary of James Robinson. So you can't get max value for him.
0: Uh, Jason started off with the bitchiest of the bitch, bitch ways.
1: I'll go with sell. If I had to choose one. Yeah. All right. Um, If I had to choose one, I don't, I'm also going with sell. Um, Look again. The the dude Tim is talking about on Twitter said the trade James Robinson for Fournette and a second round pick. I'm not a complete idiot, so I'm not That's going despicable. to do that. That's absolutely yeah. despicable. Even if James Robinson, I'll made a second. Even if James Robinson ends up being an absolute scrub next year, and Leonard Fournette ends as the RB one, I still feel like right now that that would just be a stupid ass trade. Like it makes no sense to make that trade. But either way, uh. I'm with Jason that, like, the efficiency doesn't really stand out to you. This guy saw 300 touches. Well, not t- 240 rush attempts and then 60 targets. So, 300 looks. I can almost guarantee that he never reaches or goes over 300 again in his life. 300 is absolutely absurd, especially as a UDFA. That's almost 20 looks a game. And now, like Jason said, with Urban Meyer coming in, we don't know what that QB situation is going to be like. Look, with Trevor Lawrence there, what if this becomes like a, a more pass-heavy offense? I mean, I, I they have DJ Chark, they have LaVisca Chenault, maybe they bring in another weapon. And it's just like for who James Robinson is, like Jason said, you probably can't get the value you should get for him. But if I'm able to get like a an early first-round pick, to grab a guy like Jamar Chase like if I if someone said James Robinson or Jamar Chase I'm taking Jamar Chase right or James Robinson or Najee Harris I'm gonna take Najee Harris so if you could get like one of those top tier guys like a high-end first round pick then I'd trade James Robinson maybe a mid first round pick but that's like it's tough because you, you also it's very risky like guys like Keyshawn Vaughn were going at the end of the first round last year what a complete waste that looks like and even second round picks are very hit or miss you have to either, you have to really like someone in the second round if you're going to trade for a second round pick. Like Jason and myself last year, we were like, we don't really understand why T. Higgins is going in the second round of rookie drafts. He was very good at Clemson. He he looks like he's a very good player. Sure, his test, uh his combine tests and such weren't outstanding, but it seems like he shouldn't be going in the second round of the rookie draft. And he had a tremendous rookie season. And if if people redid it, he certainly would not have gone in the second round. But then there's also guys like Brian Edwards, who shot up draft boards and has been, he doesn't look like he's going to be anything special. And it's, that's the thing with rookie draft picks. It's very, very risky. Could be very rewarding. Could also not be rewarding at all. So if you trade James Robinson for a second round pick and Leonard Fournette and you end up with Leonard Fournette and Keyshawn Vaughn, boy, oh boy, was that a terrible trade. So you have to be smart with it as well. We should, we should add a, statement right before michael starts talking with warning the next three minutes are going to be filled with qualifications (laughs) that's all that was (laughs) i'm
0: gonna say um
1: i don't even understand what you mean by qualifications oh it's like he could be really good but also really bad you could trade him for this guy but Uh, not this guy like yeah that's a qualification
0: um (laughs) James Robinson. Here's how I feel about James Robinson, in running backs in general. When it comes to um, when it comes to dynasty, and I might be off my rocker here a little bit, but unless you are one of the ultra stars, and I'm talking ultra ultra stars, um, you are going to be in a situation where your running back, if he has a good season, I say sell immediately you should sell a running back off a good season every time for a wide receiver or a probably a wide receiver because they have more longevity. Wide receivers have longer careers. Now, do now does this happen in every single situation? No, but that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at if, if I have a, running back that greatly exceeded expectations because let's say james Robinson does get another 300 carries we know that back-to-back 300 carry seasons and even a guy like derrick henry like if i have derrick henry in dynasty i'm trying to trade him while his his draft value is very high because we know that there have been superstars in the league before that after their second consecutive 300 carry season they break down and we've seen it all the time And, and and now look Derrick Henry is a whole other animal. He's a whole other beast. So maybe Derrick Henry is the exception to the rule, but the rule usually stays there. And if James Robinson has another good season, I would be trying to trade him insanely. So I think James Robinson's value is high. This might be the highest his, his his value ever is. But at the same time, you got to remember, he had these stats and he had these this production on a one-win team with no quarterback, a, a below-average offensive line, a terrible defense, and a bad head coach. And now all of a sudden you have a new – a new day in Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence is going to be under center. Uh, they're going to have Urban Meyer um, on the sideline. So, and he did have sixty targets last year. So he's a piece of the passing game. James Robinson next year has a chance to have less touches but more production because the production will be more efficient. So I think that um, I would sell running backs in general, but for James Robinson. Unless you can get something great, like if you, unless you can get like a Justin Jefferson package for him, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would be okay with keeping him for one more year and then trying to trade him then. Um, let's go on to the second one. Let's go into a wide receiver. The wide receiver here is Deontay Johnson. Now, Deontay Johnson was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth in the NFL in targets with 144. But of those eight players, he's the only one who did not catch at least 100 balls. Um, he is one of two players with Keenan Allen that did not reach a 1,000 yards. Keenan Allen, though, is a slot receiver. Uh, Deontay Johnson on the outside. And that's because we know that Ben Roethlisberger just peppers him with short. Um, pepper, pepper, short, pepper, short, short, pepper, short, short, short. And that's all that Deontay Johnson does. So the question is, now with Ben Roethlisberger coming back, how much do you believe in Deontay Johnson? And are you trying to sell him after a season – where you could really sell 144 targets, you could really sell even the 923 yards, and it goes along with seven touchdowns, you could sell that production. So how are you feeling about Deontay Johnson?
1: No question in my mind. I'm sorry, Jay. I got to speak here. I'm selling Deontay Johnson 1,000% easily without even thinking about it. I am still confused by the people who decided Deontay Johnson was like a star in the making. I, it just never clicked for me. I was like, I don't know what people are seeing in this guy. He seems like a decent player, but I don't know why people think he's going to be like some type of star or something. He didn't even, he didn't test well. So it's not even like the combine numbers were great. Like he had a decent college career and like, he didn't wow anything when it comes to, uh, like a 40 yard dash and all that. And last season, uh, I tweeted this earlier this year, um, since 2000, 16 wide receivers have had a season like Deontay Johnson had this year, which was less than 1,000 yards, less than 10.5 yards per reception, and less than 6.5 yards per target, while seeing 100-plus targets. Those people were Trey Brown, Eric Moulds, Deontay Johnson, Jarvis Landry, Golden Tate, Danny Amendola, Rod Gardner, Kevin Johnson, Jeremy Curley, Josh Reed. There's six more players that are even worse on that list and then when you add in the catch rate of less than 61% all the good players leave like the only players remaining are Deontay Johnson Rod Gardner Kevin Johnson Jeremy Curley Josh Reed Peter Warwick, Tavon Austin Azahir Hakeem and Ike Hilliard I guarantee you listeners are like I do not remember any of those guys because none of them were really ever good NFL players Like, they had flashes, a few of them, but that was it. So I don't know why where this Deontay Johnson, like, is a future star came from. Yes, I'm not stupid. I know a lot of it also had to do with the fact that Ben Roethlisberger is just toast at this point. Like, it's hilarious to me that the Steelers are bringing him back. They're basically saying, Big Ben, thanks for winning us that one Super Bowl. Let's waste a year of our franchise. Just to show you how much we care. Because there's not a single reason in the world why Ben Roethlisberger should be a starting quarterback in the NFL anymore. And Deontay Johnson is someone I'd be selling to the person in the league who still thinks for some reason he's going to be a wide receiver too for the next five plus years.
0: Well, hot damn, Michael. Tell us how you really feel. Um, Jason, how you feeling?
1: Yeah, I was just trying to swoop in before Michael because I knew a rant was coming. <laughs> uh, the thing is, if you look at what Deontay Johnson did last year, he finished as the 18th receiver. In PPR scoring. In true values, he ended as the eighth wide receiver. So, based on the targets that he saw from Ben Roethlisberger, he should have been the eighth best wide receiver last year. So, in 144 in real life, life, targets, dude. 144. Yeah. So, in real life, he performed worse than projected based on true values. He saw a shitload of targets. The thing is, though, if Big Ben is coming back, like who's to say this offense is going to change much? At the end of the day, Deontay Johnson did only play 14 games. So if you look at his the um, average points per game, he's a little higher than 18th. He finished around 12th or 1, 2, 3, 4, around like 14. So he moves up a little bit more if you look at average points per game because he did miss a couple games, which got closer to his true values. The thing is, if you're selling Deontay Johnson – you're selling that potential volume that's the only thing that concerns me which I'm perfectly fine with if you're gonna turn 144 targets into not even a thousand yards I don't know why you anywhere near my team
0: um ah, deontay Johnson he's a tough one because he got he has talent and I and I know that you you don't see it with the eye test Michael I see it with the eye test for Deontay Johnson Deontay Johnson was no I see
1: that... a normal wide receiver I just don't see some above average soon-to-be breakout star type of guy. Like, I just think he's a regular receiver. He's just a normal, average NFL wide receiver. Not to mention the it's, drops.
0: It's interesting. It's definitely interesting. All right, Um, right, let's get into the next guy. And this is a guy that um, you probably drafted if you have a dynasty startup in the first round this year. Ezekiel Elliott is an interesting case because um, outside of Zeke's uh, injury, sh- I mean, suspension shortened 2017 season. This year, he had his lowest rush totals ever, his lowest rush yardage ever, tied for his lowest touchdown output ever. Uh, he had the least amount of first downs ever. He only, His longest run on the year was only 31 yards. Yards per attempt barely touched four. Um, he had his lowest yards per game. Basically, all across the board, when it comes to Uh, production Ezekiel Elliott had the worst year of his career so the question is what do you do with him because do you do you hold on to him and hope for a comeback because look he's Zeke right and his his situation was terrible or are you trying to sell the name which the name might not carry the same type of the same type of, you know, weight that it used to. Or are you trying to buy this guy who you're like, "Oh, this is definitely only on the fact that Dak wasn't there, only on the fact that his offensive line were going down." And you don't really hold it against him. What do you think? Do, do what do what are you doing with Zeke?
1: You know, to me it's funny cuz how old is he? 25. Yep. He's he's 25. July 22nd is his birthday. He was born the same year as me and Michael. 95
0: how does that make you feel
1: makes you feel old I remember something when I was 15 like one day these guys will be older than me I mean I'll be older than them you Uh, want to
0: hear something crazy the first person ever younger than me in baseball was Rick Porcello Because he's born one day after me so and he was the youngest player in baseball So he was the first person to ever be um, Older than me in baseball and now he's like out of the league and I'm older than me Yeah,
1: yeah The issue, though, is he's only 25, but he's kind of old. In terms of NFL running backs, man, he's played five seasons. That's, like, the peak for running backs these days. And we already saw him get worse. Now, the thing is, he ended as a 10th running back last season. And he was great when Dak Prescott was around. We can't act like he wasn't. So there's a lot that has to do that he had to play with – um, Andy Dalton and company the issue is the future and right now it's not a guarantee that Dak Prescott remains on the Cowboys although it seems likely so that's gonna have a lot to do with it but if I had to pick one this is another guy I'd probably honestly because of like his perception right now I feel like I'd rather buy Zeke than sell him because of where I think his price is at
0: I think he's a buy for me too and I'm not I'm not paying uh a, a really big price for Exactly. It, I don't I'm... think you
1: got to pay a pretty penny for him at the moment.
0: Right. Exactly. Maybe like know. a. Would you trade James Robinson for Ezekiel Elliott?
1: So I just feel like, like James Robinson, you're not going to get right now. You're not getting Zeke for him. But there's people. I just saw someone on Twitter rank Kadarius Tony as the fourth wide receiver overall in their dynasty rankings. And then cited. Wait, is like, that a joke? Some... Like overall? No, no. And then this is worse. Not and then they cited... only. Some website that has like notes and news and stuff, or where, where like there's like there's already websites that do that, like Roto World, where the news sometimes suck, and this website definitely sucked more, because what it said was Kadarius Tony is the better version of Justin Jefferson, A.K.A. one of the best rookie wide receivers, literally of all time. Oh no. So when there's people like that, and sure Kadarius Tony might end up having a great career, and he might end up being better than Zeke in a couple of years, but like if you are win now. And you draft Kadarius Tony, and someone wants to give you Zeke form. Yeah, I'm doing that. That's like uh, that's strange.
0: I gotta tell you guys, Dynasty rankings this early. Like I know we're all we're all starved for football. I get it. I I get it. I do. But if you're drafting rookies and you don't know where they are yet, it's just impossible to know. It's just it's impossible because their their value goes up or down so drastically with the team they're being drafted to. Yeah. you know like it's just for like uh, there's it's impossible to know which guy you want I,
1: I don't, I don't know. know for for me man I know like you guys are talking about how Zeke you'd maybe buy him right now we're talking about a guy who has seen 300 plus touches every single year of his career like outside of um the last couple of years but like overall looks every single year has been over 300 except the 10-game season where he was suspended, and even then, he was at, like, 290. This guy has a ridiculous amount of miles on his legs, and let's not forget the fact that at Ohio State, he was just run over and over too. And we've seen guys go from these studs to these very replaceable players quickly, and Ezekiel Elliott was just was simply that. was just a very, very, very replaceable player this year. Every single time Tony Pollard was on the field for Dallas, I was like, "They're gonna make, they're gonna have a better drive right now with Tony this Pollard all on the field." And like, just look at Todd Gurley; he was the A one. Get him first pick, dynasty. Grab him right now. He was a joke this year. He was basically a joke the year prior. The running backs just fall off the cliff. I mean, Devontae Freeman was a first round pick like three years ago. Look where he is now. The running backs, like. It's tough. Like you can't just look at age either. You also have to look at the workload and how much these guys are being run into the ground. And Ezekiel Elliott is not at all a young twenty six years old. He has the twenty nine year old, thirty year old legs and I don't know. It's concerning to me that Dak Prescott goes down because Zeke let's not forget, he wasn't even like impressive with Dak this year. He had the counting stats because that offense was absolutely dominant. But it's not like he was like creating these beautiful runs or making these ginormous plays like it was just that offense and then Dak goes down and he was absolute trash and to be that dependent on Dak Prescott and having a good quarterback I don't know it's not it's not for me I'm I'm pretty damn I I don't want to overreact to it but I guess I kind of am because I'm it was very concerning to me to see Zeke play this year
0: let's go to our next player here I wanted to switch it up to wide receiver this is the only guy that I am actually uh, is, is a free agent. And I and I want to know this because his free agent status, I feel like has a lot to do with what's going to happen with him. And that's Chris Godwin, um, which by the way, his name is Rod. His first name is Rod. Rod Christopher Godwin, but he goes by Chris. So shout out to him. Um, we saw him break out a season ago after everyone and their mother predicted a breakout. It came true. Um, very rarely when the fantasy world is a consensus on something, does it come true uh, this year. I mean, that last year Chris Godwin came true. And he was a high pick this year, and he disappointed because he only played in 12 games. He only had 840 yards receiving, but he did have seven touchdowns. He is an option where if you put him in a number one situation and you give him – like his career high is only 121 targets. Um, that would rank him less than the top ten uh, this year. Um, it would rank him way lower than that, actually. This year, he would be out of the top twenty if he if he was uh, if that was his targets this year. So that shows you how much more space there is to get him the ball and what his potential is as a number one. So, do you let that potential kind of guide you? Um, and to try to buy him or are you in a situation where the unknown actually scares you off? Um, I don't know who started last time, but whichever twin started last time, the other twins start this time. Yeah.
1: Real Um, quick. That's Michael. But real quick, I actually just read a report that Chris Godwin did say he'd play on a franchise tank. Okay. Fun.
0: So he's probably going back to the bucks.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm buying Chris Godwin, man. He's, he's actually turning 25 in two days. So happy birthday to Chris Godwin. Guarantee you he's not listening to this, but if he is, happy birthday. Um, but yeah, let's not forget that just last year at 23 years old, he had an absolutely tremendous season. Like you said, 121 targets, not like Deontay Johnson, actually had a tremendous season. 86 receptions over 1,300 yards and nine touchdowns. And even this year, in the year where everyone was like, oh, Chris Godwin was such a letdown, he put up 7, excuse me, 840 yards and 7 touchdowns in 12 games, dealing with injuries, too. Like, that's over 1,000 yards and 8 or 9 touchdown pace in a down season. Like, this guy is a top 15 wide receiver, and people are super down on him because of this past season where he was dealing with injuries. He had a new quarterback. I I just, look, if he does get franchise tag, that's another year with Tom Brady, and then I assume he'll go play somewhere else, and I doubt he'll go play with a bad quarterback. Like Chris Godwin is not someone I'm super concerned about having a bad QB um, ahead of him either. So I mean, I'm I, I'd probably be trying to acquire Chris Godwin because I think he's being a uh, he's being a little underappreciated right now and undervalued. Jason, Jason's yeah, he, Jason's muted and he has no idea. I love it. When yeah, he does no, that. I did know. You know what? You know what it does. On Zoom, you could hold the space bar to unmute yourself. So I just held the space bar and it did not unmute me. So that's what happened. Um, I need to count something real quick. So I'm going to count. Fun. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Counting.
0: In case you are wondering if Jason could count, the answer is 22.
1: Shows. Chris Godwin <laughs> finished as the 22nd wide receiver in points per game last season, PPR. According to True Values, which is a per game um analysis, Chris Godwin was the 20th wide receiver. So pretty picture perfect. Little flex there. The thing I'm stating is Chris Godwin went healthy last season. Michael pointed out that he wasn't really healthy. Played good. He was a solid wide receiver too. And they well, lawyer boy, boy. Shut up. The issue is that people wanted to uh expected him to become the high end wide receiver one. But if he settles in as a nice, solid, high-end wide receiver, too, then I don't think there's any complaints there. And right now, for the price, you might be able to get him for that price. So I'm I'm okay buying Godwin. It's clear that Tom Brady hasn't lost it yet, and he's going to come back for another year. And then whatever happens from there happens from there because if Godwin plays on the tag, who knows? He could leave Tampa the next year and go somewhere where there's a better quarterback.
0: You guys mentioned that Chris Godwin's birthday. It's also someone else's birthday today. Shout out to uh, Joe Sanagato, the godfather of this
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. pod.
0: The reason why the person who gave us our start on this pod, the reason why I had an idea in the first place to start a podcast um, and recruit my brothers to be on that podcast. So shout out to the godfather of the pod, as you could say, but the, he baptized the pod, Joe Sanagato. Um, shout out to you. All right, let's go out to our next, um, our next one, number five. This one's an interesting one. Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs finished as the RB3, but only on the strength of three really great performances and then kind of shitting the bed the rest of the time and being just Wait, like, hey, where,
1: what? Josh Jacobs ended as the RB3 in what? I mean, I'm sorry, eight. I said three? Yeah, I was like, what are you talking about? What are you looking sorry. at?
0: Sorry. Sorry, yeah, yeah, my bad. Ended as a uh, RB8. So if someone wasn't paying close attention and did not, like, have any Josh Jacobs shares then maybe you can get away with selling Josh Jacobs high to that player. How are you feeling about that? Jason, you start this time.
1: What's up? That's me. Yeah. That's um I'll tell you right now because I have it open. Josh Jacobs last year was one, two, three, four, five, six. I'm counting Jason's a lot. counting a lot. Seven, yeah. eight, nine. Yeah, Josh <laughs> Jacobs was the ninth running back in uh, PPR last season. And I, my good sir, would rather sell Josh Jacobs than keep him. Uh, he looked like a... Average running back last year, and if you consider the fact that he he did catch the ball a little bit more, but he still wasn't like super involved in the run game, and he was mediocre when he was running the ball. Uh, to cite back to rushing yards over expected, which I mentioned earlier, out of the fifty six qualifying running backs, Josh Jacobs was forty fifth. It's not very good. He was he got less yards than expected on most of his runs, and I don't believe in Derek Carr in that offense, so we're asking a running back on a bad offense to basically be a high-end running back. I think he's a touchdown-dependent player. We saw that last year, so I'm I'd rather sell Josh Jacobs. Yeah, he's already, he, he already has two years on his legs too. Talking about rushing yards over expected, he spent about ten rushes. His first ten rushes of the season. With a rushing yard over projected over zero, excuse me, over expected over zero, and that was about it. After that, it went under zero and stayed under zero, ended with almost 80 less rushing yards than expected. And we're talking about a guy who's like going to have a top 15 draft price tag and probably a top 20 like Dynasty Startup League price tag. And he's shown repeatedly, no matter how many times people want to say, Josh Jacobs always going to be a great in the passing game this year, blah, blah, blah. He's just shown that no. No. Like, he's not great in the passing game. He's basically useless in the passing game. And John Gruden, if John Gruden really wanted to use him in the passing game that bad and thought he was going to be a valuable piece in the passing game, he would have done it by now. And it's not like he has this tremendous setup either. It's the Oakland Raiders, Derek Carr, the QB Purgatory poster child. And if they trade him, then who's going to, Tyler Heneke or something, they'll trade for him. Like, they're just, that whole team is screwed right now. I feel bad for Las Vegas Raiders fans because they're not going to win for years. At least us Jets fans, we have, like, a lot of cap space and such. The Raiders are just one of those purgatory teams as long as Derek Carr and John Gruden are at the helm. So, I mean, I'd be selling Josh Jacobs 1,000% right now because his, his just his rushing wasn't there last year. He wasn't efficient. He was super, super, super touchdown dependent. And every, I mean, Tim, you had him in our home league. Every single time he didn't score a touchdown, it was like— Oh, I can't yeah. believe I have Josh Jacobs, and I have yeah. to and I have to do this every single week.
0: Dis- very disappointing. And I think the most disappointing part is he just grinded out run after run, which is fine. But the thing that made him so appealing in his rookie season, and particularly when you watch him on tape, because me watching tape of Josh Jacobs is what made me love him so much, was his ability to make people miss in the open field. And he just did not do that last year. Josh Jacobs' longest run last year. Do you guys know what his longest run was? Seven. I'm joking. No,
1: seven. Uh, 22. I was going to say 24.
0: 28. 28 yards was his longest run. Tied for 78th in the NFL. If you want to hear some running backs that went for longer runs last year, Dearness Johnson, J.J. Taylor, AJ, A.J. Dillon, Benny Snell, Zach Moss, <clears throat> Chase Edmonds, Joshua Kelly, Ty Johnson, TJ Yeldon, Justin Jackson, Ty Montgomery. Sh- there are...
1: Ty Montgomery, that's hilarious. Robert and the Griffin thing is, went for a longer one. You could also <laughs> list running backs who caught more balls and caught more passes because it looks like Josh Jacobs got more work in the passing game, but running backs are just more involved in the passing game these days. And Josh Jacobs was 24th in receptions for running backs and 25th in receiving yards. So you see 33 catches, 238 yards. Like, oh, he was decently involved. But he had no touchdowns, and he was the, that's that makes him the 25th most active running back in terms of re- receptions. So it really isn't much.
0: I, I will say this. If, if you're trying to trade Josh Jacobs to the undereducated player, don't undersell Josh Jacobs. I think that Josh Jacobs, we shouldn't – Put him in the ground right now. He had a very impressive rookie season. He went over 1,000 yards last year, despite the fact that his longest run was 28 yards. So he's going to be getting volume. They love him there. So it's not the worst thing in the world to have Josh Jacobs. Don't sell him for cheap. But if someone is looking at Josh Jacobs as his overall stats rather than his game-by-game stats and what he showed, then, yeah, I'm I'm okay with trading Josh Jacobs, but I'm not in in a rush to do it. Let's go to the next one. Let me ask you guys
1: something. Because Josh Jacobs kind of is known, I feel like, as like a floor guy. Like, he has a high floor. How many games was he a running back two or better this year? Oh, he was definitely not a floor guy. He played 14. He played 14 games. Running back two or better? Yeah. Seven? I'd say like six, five or six times. Eight. So eight out of the 14 games he was running back two or better. Yeah, which means almost nearly half the time he was you were pissed about having him in your starting lineup. He was touchdown dependent.
0: Yeah, touchdown, super touchdown dependent. Um, And, and a lot of those finishes, how many were wide receiver uh, running back one finishes of those?
1: How many running back one finish? Running, running back, back one, one. Uh, All right, running not back. Not top uh, five. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, I feel five. like the majority of them were like and those were the, top five, multi-touchdown performances.
0: Right. So those were the games where he scored two touchdowns, three touchdowns. Um, You know, that, that was what buoyed Josh Jacobs. So I think that I could buoy him again next year. It's just that um, he's much more of an RB2 than he is an RB1.
1: Alvin you Kamara, know, Michael- the only running back who had one game outside of the top 24.
0: Oh my God. I, I loved having Alvin Kamara. And in my remember, team he
1: had one game out of top 24 and the next week everyone was like, should I rank Latavius Murray over him? <laughs> <laughs> well, Just like that, too, with that nervous voice. Oh,
0: Latavius! <laughs> well, in that game, to be fair, in that game, Latavius Murray is the one who scored, who got more touches, who scored more. No, nah, it was
1: the game prior. What? Like, it was after Latavius Murray had the better game when everyone was like, right, do I right start you. him? By?
0: Exactly. Um, my- so, Michael, have you eaten dinner yet today? I have, yes. Are you in the mood for some dessert?
1: Wow, where's this going?
0: <laughs> you want an ice cream ice sandwich? Cream sandwich. Uh, Robert Woods is next on the list. Robert Woods was kind of um, Deontay Johnson-like last year. Uh, a, lots of targets, not too much production, although he found the end zone many times. Didn't end as that wide receiver one that I was hoping because the the offense changed a lot. And I wasn't expecting the offense to become so run first. Uh, I think that um, definitely didn't help him. But we're going into a season where we know that that Sean McVay likes to change up his offense and not give teams the same looks year after year. We also know that Matt Stafford has joined the LA Rams. This could be a big boon for a guy like Robert Woods, who you know Matt Stafford likes to throw to guys like that. He gave Golden Tate uh, fantastic seasons in. Uh, uh, in uh, in Detroit you know, He's had he's had many people of that ilk Kind of come through Detroit And have good years So the question is How are you feeling about Robert Woods?
1: Look, you know, you know We're Robert Woods' is number one fans We're also typically discussing redraft Dynasty is a different question um, He just had his age 28 season I believe So I mean he's getting up there in age at this point And now with Matt Stafford coming over I feel like you might be able to get maximum volume uh excuse me maximum value for him like if you could flip him for a first round pick and you're a team that is in the middle of the pack i'd probably do it um but also like if you're a contending team like you you are a a top three team next year and you think you have a good shot at winning this coming season and you have a late first or an early second and you're able to swap him for robert woods then i also think that works so I think it's very. I think Robert Woods happens is just one of the very team dependent options here, but if you're if you're just one of those teams um, that's in the middle of the pack, you you want to get better for the future. I think Robert Woods would be. A, it, this would be a decent time while you could dangle the Matt Stafford's there now. He's going to be a beast in front of a uh, in front of the people's eyes. Um, I do want to know, Robert Woods has been super consistent with the Rams. Yeah, uh, sure. If you look at his catches the last three years, 86-90-90. His touchdowns, 6 6 The yards is what's a little concerning. He went from 1,219 yards to 1,134 yards to then... Nine hundred thirty six yards.
0: I know you don't have this in front of you, Jason, but I would love to know what percentage of yards that was for the team's total passing offense. Because
1: I think that <laughs> yes, his Yes, Jason does not have that in front of him. I mean, I right? could just look up Jared Goff's passing yards every year.
0: Yeah, that's I mean you could because and I don't basically best, gouge it. I I think that that's something that you have to take into All right, consideration. so Jared Goff
1: last year. Uh uh no. Yeah, I don't have it at the moment. This guy, I lost Jason's
0: it. having technical difficulties, but I think yeah. that has. I, I mean, just general knowledge. I know you don't have. I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but just general knowledge is, you know, the Rams were way less pass efficient. Um, I want to say pass efficient. Way Got less it, boys. Volume last year. Go ahead, go ahead.
1: Um, Jared Goff, forty-six hundred eighty-eight yards this season. The year that no, no, no. no. no, no. The year that Woods say, had 1,200. 2018. Um, forty-six hundred again. The year that Woods had eleven hundred. And then last year, thirty nine hundred, where Woods had nine hundred something. So So it does kind of line up. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I mean, I think that you know the consistency is there in terms of his percentage of the of the team's passing offense. So and then he's he's you know he's getting a quarterback upgrade. So it's interesting, Robert Woods and his age. I think his age maybe plays into a buy candidate because I also agree with Elvin Ryan is someone I like following in uh, on Twitter. I think he's a he's a good follow and he mentioned like every year in dynasty is win now and i agree with him i think that you just don't know what you're getting in dynasty you should be trying to win now all the time and when you have an opportunity to to get a guy like robert woods and maybe sell um you know a second round pick or like a combination of a third round pick and a and a and a, and a third round pick next year or something like that for a guy right, who's moving like Robert Woods, who's going to be in your lineup every week, I think I would pull that trigger.
1: I mean, yeah, you gotta win now, but it's it, you also have to know when your team isn't good enough and you need to rebuild. Like oh, if you, all right. All right. if you don't tr- get a
0: twenty-eight-year-old wide receiver if you're on a rebuilding team. Thank I'm just saying if you insight, had Michael.
1: if you had like three first-round picks last year, that could have been like Dobbins, Jefferson, and DeAndre Swift, and you'd be looking beautiful right now. Michael the I'm qualifier. Saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> i'm about to i'm about to quit
0: yeah we know what else man i know i haven't been playing dynasty that long i'm not going to act like dynasty is my number one type of like we're usually a redraft show but everyone's ranking trevor lawrence as their number one dynasty player and it's just like i don't know did did quarterbacks all of a sudden become more important in dynasty leagues no they're probably looking
1: at super flex rankings yeah Yeah.
0: oh okay um let's go to that next guy another wide receiver. Hollywood Brown. And Hollywood Brown's an interesting case because, um, in the first half of the season, he was absolutely disappointing, absolutely horrible. Only went over um, 12 points in half PPR twice in the first half of the season. But then in the second half of the season, from week uh, 11 on, he went over 12 points every single week and really salvaged a season. Uh, scoring touchdowns, uh getting more involved. Lamar Jackson became more confident, became a better player, became a better passer. Are you going with the Marquise Brown that you saw in the beginning of the year? Or are you going with the Marquise Brown that you saw coming at the end of the year? And do you buy or sell Marquise Brown?
1: Definitely selling I, him. Really? I'm, really? I'm buying, buying Marquise Brown. Yeah, man, I'm buying stupid. too, man. I'm buying. Well, it depends on price. So, like, in redraft, I'm going to like Brown a lot. We were big faders of Hollywood Brown last year, and we were right. Um And now I feel like the the storm to get Hollywood has passed, and we've seen that Lamar Jackson is capable of being in an efficient quarterback. After being second in true throw value two seasons ago, he got a lot better as the season went on at the end of the season and ended eighth overall in true throw value. And as long as Marquise Brown is seeing those targets he's going to be a decent wide receiver 2-3. He ended last year as wide receiver 36 in true target value and he came on at the end of the season. I think that we having another season of seeing Lamar Jackson actually be decently efficient says something about what Marquise Look, Brown can be. Tim, how many targets do you think Marquise Brown saw this year? Uh,
0: over Just over 100. Like 100- 100 no. He had six. he
1: had a, exactly one hundred targets, so good yeah. guess with one hundred six, exactly one hundred targets, fifty eight receptions, seven hundred seventy yards, eight touchdowns. Like, do we really expect this like hyper efficiency with touchdowns to continue? Too, I mean, f- fifteen touchdowns that. through two seasons for a five nine wide receiver doesn't make much sense. Like, it's not like he's a he's a force in the red zone. Like these are these are touchdowns that aren't like super sticky type touchdowns. And like Jason said, I know Lamar Jackson has been efficient, but it's also a low passing volume offense. And like 100, like I don't see a huge jump from 100 targets coming next season or the following season. And I mean, Lamar Jackson is, do we expect a huge jump in his passing ability? I don't. Like it seems like this is kind of who Lamar Jackson is at this point.
0: I don't see why that's the I, case. Like It's uh, been good enough. I don't. I, I disagree with everything you're saying, Michael. I mean, I, sure, I really but am.
1: like, if I had Marquise Brown, I'd just trade him to you guys then.
0: I mean, look. I'm you not know, paying you
1: a lot for him.
0: If you're talking about Marquise Brown, and I think there's something to be said about the fact that when he turned up and when Lamar Jackson started turning up, you're talking about they played Dallas, one of the worst defenses in the league, Cleveland, who could be better in terms of guarding the pass, Jacksonville, one of the worst defenses in the league. The Giants, one of the worst defenses in the league. And Cincinnati, one of the worst defenses in the league. So that is something that has to be considered. But at the same time, of Marquise Brown's seven touchdowns, and you say he's not a red zone threat, five of them came in the red zone. Four of them came in the 10 zone. So, yeah, he is a red zone threat. And do I think that Lamar Jackson is the perfect – as a passer, that he's going to be forever. No, I think that he's going to get better as a passer. He's going into his third season. You know, quarterbacks usually have the third season bump. Lamar Jackson already has an NFL MVP under his belt. I don't see why Lamar Jackson can't be a better passer next year. I mean, he's I,
1: not I, a prototypical uh, red zone type receiver. And Lamar Jackson is going into his fourth season. So.
0: Okay, fine. But he's, his third season yeah. as a starter. Yeah. I mean, sh- yeah.
1: I mean, he can improve, sure. I just, I, I don't see a. Like I don't see Hollywood Brown ever really being more than this type of spotty wide receiver three type of guy. So I'm going
0: to play against the rules. This was supposed to be the last one, but I'm going to, I'm going to put him up here because uh, he, he, it's related. What about Lamar Jackson? Um, Lamar Jackson still has the name. He ended the season strong last year. He ended, he ended as a better passer than he was the year before overall. So are you staying put with Lamar Jackson or if you can get a deal, like would you trade Lamar Jackson for like, the one oh five plus, like a quarterback, in the vein of like, uh, uh, Matt Stafford. Like, what, what do you need to get in order to trade Lamar Jackson at this point?
1: I'd one thousand percent trade Lamar Jackson. What?
0: Yo, I can't believe for the one oh
1: five. I would, yeah.
0: The one oh five, Lamar Jackson for the fifth best rookie does not sound like a deal to
1: me, dude. I just look Lamar Jack. Look, uh, you, can he improve? Sure. I just. I'm not buying into Lamar Jackson as a long-term quarterbacking option. Like, how long is he going to be able to sustain this style of play? And how long are the Even Ravens like going to get Newton by? Didn't yeah. last that long. How how long are the Ravens going to get by running a college, high school-style offense? Like, that's what they're doing. It's it's a pretty dumbed-down offense, generally, with the uh, options and all that. It's It's a high school, college type of setup. And it's... Clearly, it's not working great for them. I mean, they're a great regular season team, but then they don't win in the playoffs because they're playing the better, talented NFL players that actually could stop high school playbooks. Like, it's just, it's not a winning formula, and I don't know how long Lamar Jackson's going to be able to get by playing that style of football if he doesn't take a, like, a massive jump up efficiency-wise. Well, he is very efficient if he doesn't take a massive jump up just successful passing wise if he starts throwing the ball more like he's so efficient because they run the ball so much and because he's able to play off of that play action but we saw in the beginning of this season how much worse he was doing when they were trying to make him seem play like more of like a pocket type passer so I mean I'm just like if I could tr- if it's a super flex league like I'm sure people are still ranking Lamar Jackson over someone like Justin Herbert if I could trade Lamar Jackson for Justin Herbert in like a second round pick, I'd do that in half a second
0: I mean for Justin Herbert in a second round pick it sounds nice
1: um let's go to a no one's training uh, Justin Herbert. Right we, got two, for, we got two we got two more guys
0: go. let's get let's get by him I think the next guy we can go a little quicker on. I put George Kittle here because he's not been injured for two two seasons out of three um are you scared and are you trying to trade his name at this point
1: potentially yeah. It depends what I could get for him. I would probably say sell rather than buy if I had to choose one. I'm just not a big believer in taking high-end tight ends, Um, besides Travis Kelsey at this point. Maybe you can make a case for Darren Waller. But at the end of the day, you need points to win in fantasy. And tight ends just don't get that many points. That's like just the way it goes. And if I'm at this point, like I, I drafted Kittle this year, and it hurt me bad. Uh, I just feel like I've had more success. I've played fantasy long enough to realize that my teams are better when I stream tight ends or draft one late. So if I can get rid of Kittle for a decent player who's going to put up more points, then, yeah, I'll get rid of him. Just
0: say yes or no. Would you trade George Kittle for Hollywood Brown?
1: No. Come on, Tim. What? Robert Woods. No. No, man. Josh Jacobs. Yes. I wouldn't. No. Chris Godwin. Yes. Mm, you wouldn't no. trade Kittle for Godwin, but you do it for Jacobs. That's shocking to me.
0: Ezekiel Elliott. Yes.
1: yes. No, I wouldn't.
0: I totally would. Deontay Johnson.
1: No. No.
0: No, me neither. James Robinson.
1: No. No.
0: All right. Now, would you trade him for our last guy, Cam Akers? Cam Akers is a guy who came yes, on I think so. late. <laughs> um, you guys both seem like you love Cam Akers, so you buying or selling Cam Akers? Bye. Okay, why?
1: Lead running back for the Rams, man. Sean McVay, actually, I read an article today, like started talking him up. And I know that McVay did this like towards the, in the season talking up all the different running backs, but it became clear that Cam Akers was the guy at the end of the season and he just performed. He performed, performed, performed. So give me Cam Akers. Um, Sean McVay has Matt Stafford at the helm now. He's looking for a Todd Gurley type running back. I think Cam Akers is going to have at least a few very good years in that Rams offense. And Cam Akers was better than average. I mean, he ended with almost 50 uh, rushing yards over expected. So, I mean, I, I mean, we saw it too. Like, we saw at the end of the season Cam Akers running. We're like, this is why people were drafting him in like the fourth, fifth round in redraft leagues. Hoping this would be happening all season. Unfortunately, it didn't really pan out for redraft uh, players who drafted him that early. But if you stashed him or if you picked him up in free agency, it certainly helped um, there at the end of the year. And, yeah, I mean, he's going to have a, a big role in that offense, clearly, I think, uh, going forward. And g- grabbing Matt Stafford certainly helps here because I, I the, the the one of the things that gets me so mad in fantasy football world is when people say, like, oh, this running back, they got a better quarterback. They're probably going to pass more or something. Don't ever try to tell me that anyone ever gets downgraded for having a better quarterback. If someone gets a better quarterback, they get an upgrade, period, because it's a better offense. And it, trying to dispute that is just silly. I didn't want to make one one note since we're talking if, about buying debut, and selling.
0: What if you want to debut that?
1: <laughs> what? So we're talking about buying and selling. Shoot. The running back who exceeded expectation on the most runs this season. So this stat we're talking about has an over-expectation percentage. How many of the runs went over-expected? The highest percentage, 47% of runs were more Damn. than expected. You know who that is? I know. I do know who that is, but I'm not going to say it. Is it Daryl Henderson? Damien Harris. Oh. Huh. That's someone to note for Dynasty.
0: I mean, Damien Damian Harris he is was, someone He was, was, was very good without, a, without any a, sort of
1: passing roller. He was getting like twenty nine percent of the carries and putting up like nine fantasy points. His problem is
0: that he plays for the Patriots. Yeah. It's, it's always the problem, right? Like that's always the problem. It's the problem with every Patriots running back for, for, since. I mean, since Lawrence Maroney. Remember like when the Patriots like AJ Dillon?
1: Remember when the Patriots drafted Sony Michelle over Nick Chubb? Ah, ah,
0: poof. Ah, poof. Ah, poof. All right, with that. We are going to remember when everyone's like the Patriots are amazing and they keep trading back. This is how you win the draft. And now they have absolutely no offensive talent because they keep trading back in the draft and they can't <laughs> grab any offensive talent. Um yeah, I, I I'm gonna shit on the Patriots because this is my first opportunity to in 25 fucking years. True. Michael, where
1: could they find you? At Broto FF Mike. Jason? At Broto FF Jason.
0: You can find our newest Broto family member, Broto FF Casanova. Uh, Brodo F- at Brodo F- F- Casanova and me at Brodo F- F- Tim. see what we did there um, big news coming soon but until then check out the website for all the updates BrotoFantasy.com to support us like we mentioned at the beginning of the show visit Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy to um, please um, join on to get a bunch of extras extra episodes um, join our community giveaways um, a chance to play in leagues with us and tons tons more and, uh, yeah, that is all for us today. We will see you next time. Remember, we have two episodes a week, but only one episode for free. If, uh, the extra episode is also a perk of the Patreon, so join up for that Patreon if you want to get the second episode that we're going to be dropping today. For those fantasy baseball lovers out there, Michael, who is probably the best fantasy baseball player um, in the world or the <laughs> universe, unless there's better fantasy uh, players on Klingon 6, is going to um <laughs> is going to uh, give some insight about uh, his his draft against the experts. Uh not his favorite draft, but he's gonna go into what he did right, what he did wrong, and hopefully uh educate you in your uh drafts coming forward. I've been
1: wanting to go to Klingon six for man long. Yo, I heard it's really nice during the summertime. Klingon two is pretty fire too.
0: Klingon two is for bitches. All right, Michael? That's there's that's only mean. There's only female dogs there. What's mean about it?
1: Oh, then I definitely want to go. That sounds so much fun.
0: (laughs) Peace. Later.